Hi everybody, this is John Forrester with Out of Character. I was sitting at work today and I was thinking about, basically I, was, I sat down to edit the podcast last night and I wasn't really getting anywhere, I wasn't into what I was doing because it was just basically going in and cleaning up audio and I was, I didn't end up getting anything out this weekend because I was busy and I just was like, I have to edit that so much. So I was sitting there thinking like, I really need to do a podcast about something and I want to do it about something I'm excited about, but I'm just kind of not feeling it right now. Then I went on Facebook and I saw a game that got me very excited. The name of the game is Deep Dark Blue Adventure in the Benthic Frontier. Uh, this is a adventure set in, this is a, a world of adventure in the fate system. If you're familiar with fate from Evil Hat, it's a, it's a system that a lot of adventure worlds have been made up for. If you're not familiar with Fate, go back and listen to one of the other podcasts where we talk about it at length. There are quite a few of them. So I love this idea because basically the first thing you see on the cover is just like submarines and dudes in big, uh, heavy, like scoop underwater suits, you know, probing the underwater world. And I love that idea because it's like submarines are fun and interesting. And I like the, uh, the big clunky old fashioned kind of suits that people use to walk around underwater. Like, you know, go down and look for the Titanic on all that stuff. So, I saw that. I got really excited. It was on Drive Through RPG. It's one of those pay-what-you-want things, and I was really excited for that, because I was like, this looks awesome. I want to tell people about this, because apparently it's just become available. So, you know, good good job with the guys involved. Team involved here, I'm, I'm going to give some names. Uh, for writing and development, you have Laura Graham and Mike Olson. Uh, the artwork, which I really do think uh, is fantastic. I, I think it just sells the theme of this so incredibly well. It was done by Arthur Asa. I apologize for pronouncing any of your names incorrectly, but you guys are great. So what is this whole, what, what is the deal here? What are we doing? I, I like games that teach me things because I'm not a very smart person. If you've ever listened to the podcast, you know this. But I do like to try to educate myself and grow as a person and become more intelligent. And this taught me some cool facts I didn't know about the underwater world. Uh, just reading through it. It's not a terribly long book. It was, uh, it's like, just under, just over 50 pages, I believe, uh, which is a pretty good amount of content considering to pay what you want. I mean, you know, if you want to pay a few bucks and have that be that, that's fine. If you want to give them a lot of money, I'm sure they won't complain. But the the, the benthic frontier, I, I didn't know this. That's like referring to the seabed of the of the Pacific Ocean, and that's basically where it is. There's like you know the the trenches and stuff like the Marineros Trench and all that that are really deep and they go to like incredible depths. Those are separate. Those are also part of that, but people tend to avoid those. So um, in this world, you have basically the surface has been exhausted for minerals and metals. We've, we've taken as much out of the earth as we can. There's no more to draw. And the demand for those pro- for those substances is still so great that huge corporations have funded expedition down to the deep, the deepest parts, some of the deepest parts of the ocean to bring those things back. And of course, to do that, you have to have submarines and you have to have, of course, to pilot these submarines and to harvest these minerals, a, an elite team of, of just badass sea, sea people, sea people. It sounds like they're mermaids, but they're not. They could be, ostensibly, you could have mermaids. So basically, these, People are kind of weird because it has kind of like a Shadowrun feel to it because you'll keep hearing references to like the corporations that are basically, you know, these, these places in the ocean exist outside of like any, any law. 
It's basically you can do whatever you want. It's international waters. Um, and these corporations have a wealth of, you know, just incredible wealth and a huge amount of resources. And they're all, you know, trying to kill each other and take all the minerals and take all the, all the stuff and go and they don't want to deal with anyone. Uh, which I love. Cause like anytime you can have like evil corporations cruising around in the ocean within like having them like shoot submarines and stuff. It's awesome. That's really cool, and I love it. So you have that aspect of it that I really think is fun. The corporations they talk about, it's like, you have, like, Atlantean Enterprises, which is, like, an oil tycoon. You have Quest. You have a couple of other ones. Uh, and, again, I, I cruise through this. But there's a couple things. So you're on a submarine, basically. They have, like, suits so you can go out into the into the water and stuff. But the idea is these suits are very big, and they're very difficult to maneuver around in. So... Most people try to stay in the submarine as much as possible. The submarines have been adapted. We have, you know, technology has advanced, but it's still within the realm of basically what we have today, more or less. There's less oxygen on the submarine, so it's not prone to, you know, just explode. You know, anything that makes an open flame or a spark, you're not supposed to have. So no lighters, no cigarettes, no flamethrowers, no plasma torches or any of that garbage. Get it out of here. Uh, guns are a no-no. Most captains are going to say no guns under any circumstances at all. Having a gun is just a bad idea. It could, you know, we could blow up the whole ship, you could rupture the hull, you could do all kinds of bad stuff. So no guns. And anything that makes a lot of noise, like heavy boots and stuff, you're not supposed to have either because the idea is that during battle, you want to be as quiet and still as possible. That's what I, I love. It explains stuff that I can never understand. It's like silent mode, you know, we're going into silent running. Everyone's supposed to remain as still and silent as possible because the other ship is using their sonar to look for you. And any little noise or sound that you're making could pick it up. So if you have a guy wearing steel toe boots with his pocket full of chains running down to the submarine laundromat to do to do a load of whites, there he is. <laughs> Blow him up with a torpedo. So that's a few things. I love the idea of, like, no guns in a game like this. Because in the future, people always have, like, you know, Shadow Run and all that jazz. You always have people with, like, really, like, high-tech rifles and cool pistols and lasers and all that stuff. You can still have guns in this game, but I like that, like, if you have one, maybe you're not supposed to have it, and you may be very reluctant to use it because you might die. If you're wondering, like, kind of, like, okay, so I want to make my character, I want to see, like, what can we do where we're, uh, you're, you're basically going to fill a function on the crew. Making your characters is interesting in this because, as always, it's a little bit different in every version of Fate. In every adventure world, character creation runs a little bit differently with a lot of similarities. Uh, in this one, it is meant to be a collaborative experience. You guys all kind of sit around and come up with your characters together. You come up with a, like a crew concept. Like some of the ones they give in the book are, uh, a ragtag team of scoundrels. Uh, our mission state is more money, well-oiled machine, for the greater good. These are just examples. So basically it's like meant to give an idea of what your crew's all about. Are they, you know, a science team? Okay, you know, are they, is it like the, are you, are you the Enterprise or, you, or are you the Serenity? That's basically what your crew, your crew concept is going to be. You pick a role for your aspects. You have a role aspect, a trouble, history, a personal mission, and a fifth aspect. Uh, your role is basically what you do on the ship. Uh, and you do some descriptive thing, like, I am, let's see, what's a cool, a cool role I could have? I want to be the chef. I want to be, like, the, the guy who, who puts out all the food. I'm going to say, ex-heavyweight champion chef. So, yeah, I'm, I used to be a heavyweight champ, and now I, I, now I've, I've, I've turned to cooking. Don't judge me. Trouble, I like my, I like my drink. I'm an alcoholic. Don't judge me. 
I like my drink. Everything tastes better. Everything tastes better with vodka. That's my that's my that's my trouble. History in debt to the mob. That's why I came to the under to the deep ocean. The history aspect is basically what you were doing before you know you ended up on this submarine. My personal mission: make enough money to go home. This sucks. <laughs> I don't want to be here. Your personal mission is basically like you get something cooler than that. Like you could be like you know you're working for the company and you believe in their goal. Get revenge. You want to find a long lost relative. You want to discover some amazing sea creature that no one else has ever seen before. Um, and your other aspect is just something cool about yourself. You could, it could be anything from like a, a memento to you know something more about your character. Some of the ones they get here are like try everything twice. Uh, grandfather's knife, stubborn as a mule. Those are just examples. So that's a quick kind of rundown of the aspects that you can have. Uh, they do give some really some nice examples. There's really great artwork to go with them. You have like Captain Hiro Yamato, uh, yeah, who's like the, the the definitive captain that they give. Uh, Serena Powers, who's a pilot. And there's a bunch of other ones. I don't want to go through all of them just because it'll take a while. Uh, you do get to pick your skills, just as in all fake games. You have, like, there, there's 15 skills. Um, a lot of them are seen elsewhere, but there are some different ones. You have athletics, combat, contacts, diplomacy, engineer, knowledge, manipulate, notice, physique, pilot, resources, scavenge, shoot, stealth, and will. The thing I love is combat covers all combat. It covers guns, fist fights, you know, knives, all that stuff. That's all combat. Shooting is if you want to use torpedoes when you're in ship combat, which I will talk about in a bit, because it's really cool. They, they go on, you know, they're just talking about, like, look, if you're using guns, it's a bad idea. And they stress this, just like, look, using a gun on one of these things is going to have the potential to be bad. You whip out a gun and start shooting, someone's going to have something to say to you. The other thing that I really like is they, the way that you have, you, you make your ship. Because the ship plays a big role in this. You're going, it's, your, your sub is, is not going to be like every other sub out there. You make some concepts, uh, and again, it gives examples of them. You get a concept and a trouble for your ship. You can have like bucket of bolts, sleek loner with strings attached, the loud, and then like for your trouble, the loudest damn ventilation system or unreliable navigation system. I love that stuff. You, you can choose your submarine class. Uh, that affects basically like the better the submarine, the more cost, the more it is going to take away from your ability to be awesome as a character. Uh, you can have like a short range sub, which is like a little tiny one that's basically meant for like deep sea bases to like cruise around and then it's supposed to go home. Uh, very small crew. Almost no cost. You, you can buy one of those for zero refresh. So you're, if you spent all, if, if you want, you're good to go with that. Uh, there's the mining vessel, which is small. They have like big cargo bays. I think that's probably like one of my favorite just for the fact that it's kind of like, I can picture someone converting an old mining submarine into something else. Um, there's the research one, which is for scientific expeditions and like they've been, they've been repurposed as well. There's exploratory, which those are really big. Uh, they're meant for deep sea exploration. And then there's the warship. I wish I could show you guys a picture of the warship because it is one of my favorite pieces of art. It conveys exactly what you want to convey in a game like this. This thing is huge. It is just this massive destroyer ship. It has a crew of between like 20 and 100 people. It, it's got like another submarine next to it. It just dwarfs it. It's like when you see the Star Destroyer next to a Millennium Falcon, you're just like, oh god, no, I don't want any part of that. You're not probably not going to have one of those. Those are basically run by a corporation. They're usually corporate property. Uh, you may have one, I don't know, but they're the, that's the warship, and that's really cool. I love the design of it. It's really interesting. As your ships take damage, there's all kinds of conditions that you can suffer, you know, everything. From, it feels realistic because it, it's not like 
you suffer a condition on your ship and bad stuff, you, you just die. Like, uh, you could have, like, damaged engines, okay? You take a penalty on piloting checks, so it's harder to maneuver. You have damaged sensors, you take a minus penalty to when you're trying to shoot people. Uh, I love the, the life support system just because, like, okay, uh, damaged life support, it's harder to breathe and think when less oxygen is in the air, giving a minus penalty to all rolls. That's perfect. Uh, and they get worse. There's, like, more extreme versions of those. Uh, basically, you have fleeting conditions, sticky conditions, and lasting conditions. They're progressively worse. Comms, a hull breach where, you know, water's flooding the ship and you're all going to die. Uh, then they also talk about how, like, in combat, the scale of your... The, sc- the size of your vessel gives you a, a, a bonus in combat. An individual is like someone who's just in a diving suit or, like, ordinary deep-sea life. Then something large is like a small submarine and a shark. Something huge is like a whale, a large submarine, and a sea base. And gargantuan is like huge sea bases and abominations. You rarely see them. Yes, there are abominations in this game. We will talk about those in a bit. They talk about some of the places in the Benthic frontier, like the sea bases. Uh, you have R.A. Cooper's. It's like also known as Cooper's. You have Neptune's Lodge. You have the A.E. Northern Mineral Mine. Uh, the Johnson Research Base. Shizuka Research Collaborative. Dead Man's Trench, the Needle Trench, oh man, that's, no, I know, I don't want that. Uh, and they talk about various things you can encounter in space, like deep sea trenches are an environmental threat you could encounter. Uh, underwater minefields, luminescent squids, colossal squids, a sleeper shark, and then they get into the abominations. These are the things that you're thinking of when I say abomination. It's stuff like leviathans, dodecacephalopod, proteus, which is very Cthulhu-esque. It's one of its traits is a shifting eldritch monstrosity. Again, the artwork conveys how awesome this thing is. I love it. You're just basically meant... It does also have a cool little sample adventure, which is the rescue of Dr. Williams. Uh, presents, again, you know, a little test boat, uh, test characters, NPCs that you can use. So you get a ton of awesome stuff uh, for a pay-what-you-want book. All told, uh, 52 pages, which is great. Uh, again, this is something that you can get on DriveThruRPG right now. I think if you like Fate, if you like submarines, go. if you like just interesting concepts, do yourself a favor. Check this out. One of the things I really love about this idea, and I had this one idea that I was like, it would be really fun to have someone run a really big submarine like a corporation like you know you're invading like some one of the major like maybe one of the big corporations versus a group of submarines who are basically decided they've had enough of being pushed around and have like different gms running different teams against these at the same time and like relay it all through skype and be like okay you have the ss horizon you have the uh little blue and you have the great the the killer shark versus a fleet of these other, of, of these warships, or just one of these warships, and you play it out, and you're like, okay, we took, well, three of our, one of our ships went down, or stuff like that. It would be really hard to do, just because you'd have to relay stuff in real time, but I love the idea of it. There's a lot of, uh, of things that try to convey that feeling of, like, isolation, and being out on the frontier, and they go to space, and, you know, they say, like, space is the final frontier, we don't know very much about it, we don't know what's out there. We know less about our own oceans than we do about what's in space, which is kind of amazing when you think about it. It's also something that I could, we could see this happening eventually. I'm not saying there's like, you know, Cthulhu in the ocean, but it's not that hard to imagine a world where we have exhausted mineral resources to such a point that we have to look somewhere else for them and we turn to the ocean because 
there's not that many other places to look for that sort of thing. I mean, you could always look to other planets, I guess. The trouble being there, it's so expensive to, like, put anything in space, sending people to other planets to collect mineral resources to bring them back to our planet with our current technology just sounds ridiculous. I don't know. Maybe maybe I'm wrong, but I've always been told that it's, like, so expensive. Every pound of, of gear that you put in space costs some obscene amount of money, so the idea of, you know, sending people into space to bring back heavy things like metal, probably not. We do have all these submarines floating around, though, you know? It doesn't take that much imagination to see a, a bunch of corporations kind of having a, a very gold rush-esque, you know, kind of like a, a reverse space race, a, a, a water war, if you will, instead of a space race, where they're taking, like, you know, old nuclear subs and, like, repurposing them, like, okay, let's get this out of here and put this in here, and, uh, you know, we're going to repurpose this to serve as crew quarters instead of a, uh, like, a, a, a nuclear reactor and uh, send these, get these dudes in here and send them down and have them bring us back some, some stuff. You know, having huge research stations that are underwater that are all about, you know, okay, how do we find more stuff? I love the idea that every member of the crew has a purpose. Uh, you know, if, you want, if you're a player who wants to be the captain and you want to be really good at playing up that aspect of the character and negotiating and, uh, you know, inspiring people and, and, and making sure that your ship stays together. You, you can do that in this game. Uh, the, if you're someone who wants to be like, you know, uh, you want to be very good at piloting the ship, you're going to be very important because you're going to be the one who's going to be out maneuvering all these torpedoes and working your way through these narrow gaps between, like, huge underwater stone formations and coral reefs and, like, between giant crushing tentacles of, like, deep-sea creatures that are trying to destroy you. If you're somebody who wants to be really good at, like, you know, shooting the torpedoes and stuff, you obviously are going to have a home in here because, you know, I, I want to be able to, like, blow up the enemy ships or take out this thing over here. Uh, if you're somebody who likes to be really good at hand-to-hand -hand combat, being, like, a martial artist or a gun master or any of that stuff, they're going to need people in this game because if they get boarded, they need somebody who can kick butt. There's also a lot of things to be said for scientists. The thing I keep coming back to is I love the idea of someone playing, like, a marine biologist of some sort and then being like, okay, we're in the, we're in a fight from the middle of this pod of whales. Is there a way for us to use our sonar to make the whales think that we're part of their pod so they attack this other submarine? Or is there a way for us to make them think we're, like, a, uh, a baby whale that's hurt so they attack the other submarine or, like, get in its way. You know, it's a game that's about not just combat, that's that's part of it, but it's about anticipation and exploration and the unknown and all those exciting things that make role-playing games really fun. You can go in so many directions with this, you know. You can play up the aspect of these people are stuck in this submarine for months, if not years at a time, with very little exposure to others. You know, nerves are on edge. They are doing a job, they have very different pasts, very different backgrounds, and very different skill sets, and they don't necessarily like each other. And you can run with that idea. You can have an interesting game that revolves around those aspects. You can play up the, you know, sea monster thing if you want. You want to have, like, you know, they fight a giant squid, or, again, Cthulhu is the thing, you know, the eldritch thing. The, the weird stuff that's in the deep ocean, you know, like creatures like... Sharks the size of, of uh, you know, something prehistoric, something that has been down at the bottom of the ocean for, for years and years and that no one knew was there until some hapless miners stumbled across it. It doesn't take that much imagination to picture a group of uh, very uh, standard fare 
you have a crew that comes upon a damaged ship, and they go aboard to salvage, and they find there's, like, monstrous fish people just roaming the corridors, and you have to fight your way off while trying to rescue survivors or get some piece of equipment that you need. You know, maybe your uh, your ship's engines are damaged, and you're basically kind of, you're, you've got one operational engine, you don't have the parts to repair it, and you need to salvage something off this other ship in order to get away to, to you know to, to get to where you you know, get to a repair station where you can get everything up and running. Wow. That's just an example of, you know, something you could do. Um I think it's a fantastic game. I think that it's one of those things that it's fun as a game to run in the short term. I think it could spawn some really, really interesting long term games. Because it's not something that bogs down in like really complex stuff, but it does it teaches you and it, it presents the theme in a way that, like, well, there is science behind this, and it is realistic to a point, and you can jump off the realism bus and, like, run down the street and fight, you know, the Loch Ness Monster, or you can stick with something a little more close to home and just deal with, you know, well, we're in a, you know, a submarine and we can be crushed to death or caught in an underwater current or just blown apart by mines because someone placed all these mines all over this area hoping that some other submarine would come across while they were trying to collect these resources. Bravo to the guy, to the team that came up with this. It's, it, you know, it's one of those things that I saw and I got really excited about it and I knew he was like, I want to run this. I, I wish I had some other GMs who were excited about this idea who I could be like, we have to coordinate a big undersea battle or it's like you have like different crews fighting at the same time against some huge insurmountable force you know what what one corporation could not overcome 12 will or something like that uh if you are interested again this is on drive through rope drive through rpg it is pay what you want take advantage of it get it while you can uh i mean and you know pay them what you think it's worth it is really a fantastic uh it, it's a fantastic achievement for them. Um, I, I think that it, it captures the theme so, so well. Uh, it captures the tension of, like, you know, undersea combat, and it makes it something that you can... There's no character in this I think you're going to make who's going to feel, like, useless or out of place or doesn't have a function aboard the ship. My character, the, you know, the ex-Russian, the, the, the ex, uh, you know, heavyweight chef, I, he probably would basically be kind of like the, the tertiary. He's more of an NPC at this point, but that's just an example. So I will get back to editing the podcast, guys. I'm sorry we've been kind of bouncing all over the place, but we are, you know, stuff happens and we, we persevere. Um, thank you to Menlo Park, California. You are our biggest listeners of the week. Uh, so we appreciate you as always. We always appreciate all of our listeners and we will have more stuff for you shortly. Thanks again for listening, guys. Until next time, we are out of character. Bye.